Yetta, can you juggle a bunch of balls? Probably once, <laughs> but then they're falling. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. We're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And we're thrilled that we get to share with you techniques, tips, thoughts, and tools that we all need. We all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we can turn our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. We're going to consider in this episode commitment. Have you ever, Ken, made a commitment that caused you to feel frantic or made too many commitments so that you felt overcommitted? Absolutely. And that's why I asked you about juggling, because sometimes I think I'm juggling so many plates. And what I come to recognize is some of the things I'm juggling are rubber balls. And it doesn't matter that much if I drop them. Other ones are your fine china from your grandma's plates, right? If I drop one of those, someone's going to be pretty upset. And if I visualize that, that's like some of the commitments are to you or to family or to business people or to clients. Those commitments, I can't drop them. If I drop them, there's big consequences. Other commitments I can drop. Right. Or or just say, hey, I shouldn't have that one in the air at all. Right, and take it out. So what's an example of that? Uh, well, maybe having somebody over for dinner, um, you know, or like I said, family. Like if I've got a commitment to be at an anniversary party, well, if I'm if I drop that plate, if it's my family's anniversary party, Mm-hmm. That I've committed to, that's a major problem. Right. Right? Whereas if I committed to go to the gym, if I if I say, okay, I'm gonna go to the anniversary party instead of going to the gym, if it's once, that ball's not gonna break. Exactly. That plate's not gonna break. It's a rubber plate. Perfect. Now if I skip it every week for a year or two, now that rubber plate's gonna become brittle. <laughs> and it's one of those plates that's going to break if I don't put it back up in the air. Mm-hmm. So what we've been talking about is how do we make sure we don't overcommit? Because once we're overcommitted, the franticness tends to set in, mm-hmm. and that's when we drop the balls. And if, if you're anything like me, hopefully you've learned over the years, because I used to do this a lot. My plate was so full, my head would spin, never mind anybody else's, right? Mm-hmm. So much stuff on it. And as I grew in maturity and maybe, you know, you tended to do that in the past and now you've recovered an overcommitter. And yet, what if you still occasionally find yourself overcommitting? We thought it would be a really cool conversation just to unpack a few of the seven keys to not ever positioning yourself again, ever, that's maybe a strong word, (laughs) to very seldom position yourself to overcommitting again, because it doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. And first, before we go there, I think we should just define commitment. Mm. Like what is a commitment? And a commitment is, there's two definitions. One is, it's something that you're very passionate about. So you you want to follow through, you want to 
um, I don't want to use say it without saying the word commitment, right? Yeah. Like you're you're passionate about it. The other one is something that's like the second definition is like you're an it's an obligation, and it prevents you from doing something else. And I think sometimes maybe I do, maybe you do, think of a commitment as restraining preventing me from doing the things I want to do, the things that I love to do. And I think that's the wrong thought about commitment because you can have a commitment to do fun things. You can have a commitment to go to a party. You can have a commitment to to play sports because you enjoy playing sports. Mm -hmm. Those are all commitments. And I I remember once I had someone look at my calendar and we we use Google Calendar and so we, we have it time blocked. And they were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe your calendar. It's so full. What are you going to do? But some of it is blocks that are reserved for things, but then that are movable, movable commitments as opposed to unmovable commitments. Right. So one of the keys, I guess, that we'll share about is committing to things that you can actually control. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be one of my favorites. So you're going to get my favorites and then you'll probably get Ken's favorite. Yeah, you're not going to get all seven. because no. no. And and the cool thing is if you want to read more about it in the book Life X, which is going to be around page 281, we unpack Commit More. And also we're going to be doing a blog on this, which will contain more of the um, segments. And if you're getting our email every week, then you're going to be able to get that blog as it comes out. And if you're not getting your email, you might want to get our email because it's got good juicy stuff in it. So just email us at together at deckerteam.com and request it. And then we'll make sure you get that every week. So as we look at commit, I have in the past and I've had clients. So here's a little story ratting myself out and ratting clients out, committing to what a house is going to sell for. Mm -hmm. You know, a client says, I'm not going to sell the house unless it sells for a million dollars. Unless it's a million dollars, I'm not selling it. So if somebody brings me $9.95, I'm not selling it. I'm only committing to it if it sells for a million. That's an interesting thought because how it's played out is when we commit to something that's beyond our control, we can't tell a buyer what to do. We can hold firm at our million dollars, but it may mean you don't sell your house at all. So it's not that you can commit to making it happen because if the market's not here for it, it's not going to happen. Or if you're prepared to commit to it, but you have no timeline on it and you're willing to wait three years, four years, five years until the market catches up to your price, then I suppose you could commit to it. But often we go into a seller Mm -hmm. consultation and someone will say, well, I'm not selling my house unless it sells for this. And it's like, well, I'd like to make that happen. I'll do everything in my power to make that happen. And I won't commit to it. And I wish you wouldn't either because we're not the only one that determines what it's going to sell for. Yeah, I think you can commit to being available for showings. You can commit to the condition the property will be left in. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can commit to the marketing we're going to do, the networking we're going to do with other realtors. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, the price is determined by the market and the buyer who wants to buy it and how much they want to buy it, right? So, yeah, you got to commit to things that really you have control of. The other thing is be okay with saying no. No is a complete sentence. 
it's okay to say no to somebody who wants you to do something or ask you to do a favor or whatever. It's okay to say, no, you know what? That doesn't fit in my calendar right now. Well, what ends up happening is that's how we get overcommitted, right? We want to, I want to say yes to everybody that asks me a question. Like that's my desire. My deepest desire is to say yes to you. And yet if I'm overcommitted, then as Ken said near the beginning, I'm going to start dropping the breakable elements of my life. Those things are catastrophic if I mm-hmm. don't do them versus I'll be catching the rubber balls and doing fine with those. Yeah. So if you want to instill some peace back into your life, if you're overcommitted mm-hmm. and you're frantic and you want to instill some peace, mm-hmm. one of the ways is to create margin. So space where you're not committed to anything, some blocks in your schedule mm-hmm. where you're not committed to absolutely anything. Yeah. And if you'd like some information on what to do, like Yetta said, look up the LifeX book. And just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do everything. So we're grateful to be your partners on this journey moving forward in wealth, wisdom, and worth. Hey, Yetta, you know I always get excited to buy another investment property. I know. And here's my question. Can you follow through on the commitment that's involved with it? That's what I always ask you. Mm-hmm. We're excited because we've created for you free access to over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes where we talk about real estate, but also insider tips, making house home, growing wealth, and just in general, having the best life possible. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. So we're going to consider, like, how do you move past excitement to the commitment that you said you wanted to do and stay Mm -hmm. with the thing when the enthusiasm, the joy, the fun, the exuberance around it is gone? Yeah, that's interesting because sometimes you you make a commitment. Like I bought some guitars thinking, oh, I'm going to learn how to play guitar. But you know what? I was committed to the fun of owning them but not – the not the lessons, which is interesting. So then they're sitting down in the basement. Um, another thing would be, you know, what we did, which was really good because we're avid learners. I don't know if you've picked that up from us as you're listening to Yetta and I. We love to learn. We love to teach. We love to grow. And we can get shiny object syndrome. And for us, it's another course. It's another training. It's another something, right? Well, I mean, true confessions, right? Like in the past, I would often buy a course or a program or whether it was live in the room or whether it was an online learning or whether it was an evergreen product, I would buy them because in the moment I was super pumped about learning that thing. That was the Mm -hmm. thing that could trip me up. And so I would buy it and maybe you know, we have a tendency, I think, often to get enthused in the moment, take immediate action, because if we don't take immediate action, we may not take action at all. So there's the good side of it. And yet, we tend to overcommit to what we can do when we don't step back to think about it for a moment. And so have you ever found yourself doing that saying yes, real quick, and then wishing you hadn't said yes so quick? 
Mm-hmm. And so when you think about even, and so I never finished those courses, by yeah, the way, I, was I gonna never wonder, even opened I was, them. I was going to remind I you. I know. I never <laughs> even opened them. So in the past, that would happen to me. Now it pretty much never happens. It may not happen on the exact timeline I have in my head. So if I'm buying an evergreen, I may think ah, I can probably commit to that in two weeks. But even when we were writing the book Life X, we agreed to hire the publisher Mm-hmm. many years before we wrote it because he was raising money for a catastrophic event in the world. And that was our opportunity to support the event plus commit to the book. But the first thing I said to him is I am not committing to the when, because I know what's already on my plate mm-hmm. moving forward. And their idea of when and ours was very different. It yep. was another like five years before I was ready to take action on that. Now I thought it would be three, Mm -hmm. but the reality is once I start, I want to be able to follow through on my commitment, even when it gets really hard. Yeah, exactly. And so when you mentioned at the top of the show, Mm -hmm. buying another investment property, yes, and I said, what about the commitment? You know, can you follow through on the commitments? What kinds of things am I talking about? Okay, well, let's go back a little bit like a year ago because I wanted to buy a building a year ago. And by the way, I'm not wanting to buy a a property today. (sighs) I feel better. You're you're safe. If you don't feel better, I certainly feel better. Yeah. But we, I wanted to buy an investment property. We found one that we thought was good. It was an 18-unit apartment building. And your question to me was, well, if we can get the financing and we can have the down payment, that's one thing. But the second thing is, are you willing or you have the bandwidth, the margin, the space to put in all those communications with tenants, the collecting of the rent, the repairs on the building, all of that? And I said to you, no, I'm not. So what did we do? We got a partner. We could commit with a partner Mm -hmm. because that partner brought not quite as much expertise at that time Mm -hmm. to the whole real estate journey Mm -hmm. and brought a fair bit of expertise to the property managing and collecting of the rents and the the running to the unit. Because 18 units, it's going to be a fair bit of work. And they hadn't been updated in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so by partnering with somebody, it allowed us to make a commitment that we felt we could honor and stay with and it not throw you off the other commitments. Right. And the beauty is because I partnered, I didn't lose the opportunity, right? We didn't lose the opportunity to own this building because I saw the potential in it. And that's what gets me excited, right? The potential. And really uh, we're coming up on two years. It's uh, two years in August and our investment's gone from 400 to 600. So we've had a 50% increase in two years, which is pretty, pretty exceptional. 400 to 600. Yeah, that's a 50% increase right. in two years. That's in, 25% per year. Which is pretty incredible, right? Yes. So it was a great opportunity. I just had to figure out a way that it didn't 
drain our ability to meet our other commitments. Right. Like our clients and our business and our family and mm-hmm. and spending time with my loved one. Of course. And I'm the loved one, of course. So thinking about what is the commitment going to entail is really what we're saying. We're using a real estate example because that's the world we live in. And it's the thing that's for real for me. And maybe for you too, even if you're thinking about improvements around the house. Sometimes I have clients that commit to taking on and renovating the whole house, but then when they get 80% of the way through, they don't want to do the last little bit. Mm. And it's like, I have a client right now, I'm navigating around that. He said, but I don't want to do that. That's finicky work. It's, we're talking $1,000 to finish it. And I said, the challenge is you've committed to a completed house And so now if you don't do that one thing, it's going to cost you a fair bit of the investment from the other improvements because you're not getting the value out of all that you've done, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're thinking, but I don't know what improvements to make, I don't know what I should do, what I shouldn't do in my house, get a 15-minute clarity call before you do the improvements so that you're not overcommitting and you're not committing to things that you could just let go of. They're rubber balls. They're not even breakable. Right, right. right. And the... One of the things we find is if we put it in our calendar, like we time block and we put things in our calendar that we our intention is to do it daily or weekly or whatever it is. And then when we don't do it consistently, we don't do it. What happens to our... Our integrity yes. goes out the window and we right. get deflated and I get frantic again because I overcommitted to what I could even do on a daily basis. So it's better to delete those. Like yeah, yeah. really look at where your values are and what you're willing to truly commit. And if you're not willing to truly commit, take it out of your calendar because otherwise you're just out of integrity and then your brain starts saying, oh, it's okay to be out of integrity. It's okay to be out of integrity because I have this in my calendar. I'm not doing it. That's okay. I skip it every week. That's not good. No. And so we don't want that for you. We want to make sure that you can stay in integrity. Because when you say yes to something, it actually means you're saying no to something else. Well, you're almost saying no to everything else. Right. And I think that's, I sometimes forget that. That when I say yes to you, that I'm going to meet with you on a Thursday night to sell a home, then anything else that comes up. You have to say no. I to. have to say no to. Mm-hmm. So you want to make. Sh- I want to make sure, and I know you do too, that what you commit to, you can carry through on. Yeah, and thanks for growing alongside of us because we're passionate about everyone being positioned for generational legacy. But yet, ah, uh, I don't want to go to another task meeting. <laughs> well, that's kind of funny. You committed to it, so you know my answer. <laughs> yep, you're going. So. It's an honor that for over 30 years, you've invited us to come alongside you, buying, selling, and investing in real estate over 3,117 times, and even bigger than that, you've let us come alongside you around building your fund, building your faith, building your finances, and even strengthening, healing, and flourishing inside relationships. So really, 30 years of building your home, your life, and your wealth. So as we discover today... When things get um, in the way Mm -hmm. of commitments, it's a choice whether you let them take over or not. All right. So what we're going to discuss is what do you allow? What do I allow? What do you allow? What do we as a culture allow to get in the way to stop us? 
from reaching our commitment. And a commitment is to do something, do it well, and do it by a certain time, typically. Typically, well, that's a piece of it, and it's to do it to the best of your ability. Like when somebody hands in, and maybe this has happened to you, hand in whether it's an assignment at school or whether it's a project at work or whether it's a client that's doing a repair on a house. Mm -hmm. And they do it just to say it's done. It isn't done with excellence or to the best of their ability. That's not actually honoring the commitment. That's like half-hearted. And if the whole heart's not in the thing you commit to, probably better not to do it. Hmm. Yes? Yeah, I see that in renovations. Oh. We see it in renovations all the time. And sometimes it's the little things, right? You, they do one thing and then, oh, I didn't ran out of time to finish that last piece of trim or that last piece of nosing. Or I painted the one wall, but I didn't paint the whole room. I painted this or I didn't paint that. Or I, I forgot to cut around the wall socket plate. Right, or I didn't do the caulking and there's a little yeah. bit of mold behind it. Or, or the the one the other day. Electrical plates. Electrical plates or the two different colors of electrical plates. And it's kind of like, well, if you're painting the room, you might as well look at the wall and for the few bucks, mm -hmm. replace the, the plates to the right. more current contemporary. And we're not beating up on homeowners. Well, well maybe we are. But what <laughs> we're really saying is if you're going to commit to something when it doesn't get done to the best of the ability to do it, you don't actually get the benefit from the commitment in the first place. Right. And and I think what you're saying is like how you live in your house is oh. how you live in the house. Oh, and how I live in my house is how yeah. I live in my house. Yeah. You can come if, over and see my dirty floors anytime. Yeah. But if we put our house up for sale, then there might be a thousand little things. Well, not a thousand, but it feels Probably like. Probably 200. Because sometimes our clients have said to us, oh, when you give me the list, but I'm already tired. Yeah. And you give me the list. Well, you don't have to do the list only if you want the highest value for your home because those little cuts cause the death of the sale. It's like a death by a thousand cuts. Those little mm -hmm. things will prevent the house from selling, at least at the value that it should sell for. It right. may sell lower. Right. So every home, I said to a client the other day, I've never met a home I can't sell. <laughs> I've met a few clients I ought not work with, but I've never <laughs> met a home I can't sell. Because if it's the right price for the right condition in the right location at the right time, and I do my marketing and I do my negotiating, it's going to sell. That's not really the conversation. <laughs> but most sellers want maximum value. And mm -hmm. as we talked about in an earlier part of the episode, and in one of the segments, we talked about committing to what it will sell for. Well, we're not the one that can do that, nor are you as the homeowner. What we can commit to, though, is putting it in a condition and making it available so that we'll sell for the highest price possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, we talked about that task force at the beginning where I said I didn't want to go. Yeah. I kind of uh, embellished that yeah. I, I, because... The task force I'm on is a Canadian task force for the realtor.ca, the website, how to make it the best possible, um, such, best such possible um, tool, tool, but 
also experience for you, mm-hmm. the potential buyers that are looking at these homes. And, yeah. and it's a big decision we're making on this. And so we sat down and we took, we prayed about it. We took a day and a half to decide whether I'd be on this task force to start with, because we know what margins in our calendars and we run fairly purposeful, fairly full. And we decided that this had enough importance that we'd set aside a couple other things and sign up for this task force. And it's, Maybe a, a meeting a week kind of thing. Yeah, but a meeting a week is a meeting a week because if it's, say, three hours, which I know the task force you just came off of, it was way more commitment. It was a bigger commitment than we thought it was going into mm-hmm. it. And so this is likely going to be similar. And if it's not, well, that's a bonus. But we had to count count the cost. Yeah. Count and the no, cost and of making how, the commitment. Yes, and how know how long that commitment is for. Because sometimes you can handle a bigger commitment if you know it's for a limited amount of time. I know this is eight months, mm-hmm. but even in eight months, what is that? That's about 24, 25 weeks yeah. at two to three hours. That's 75, 80 hours. That's two work weeks right. that I've committed to. In And it's either going to be now I'm going to spend more time at night to keep my other work going or I have to squeeze it in somewhere or whatever. Like it, it, it has an effect. Everything you commit to has an effect. Right. So the overcommitment piece, how we avoid it sometimes is doing the math. Like Ken just did. We do the math of, yes, it's only an hour. It's only a half an hour. It's only a 20 hour course. But what does that really mean? And I will typically take it down. And so do you, like you just did to how many work weeks is that? Yeah. Like when you say, oh, I'm just going to do this one hour call a week, this mastermind or this group or whatever. And I go, okay, but recognize that's a full work week, week and a or half. more. Week and a half. Right. That you're committing to a phone call. Right. So do you is, get value out of that? How do you get enough value to say I'm using an hour a week and sorry, a week and a half of work weeks to this thing every single year? So we will reassess every quarter all the commitments we make because if we don't reassess, so that will be one of our strategies is even when you commit to something and you've done the calculation and you've done it right, reassess on a regular basis to make sure it's still working for you. Mm, That's really important. And if it's not, it's okay to pull something out. It's okay to say, you know what? I no longer want to commit to this, but be careful because sometimes when you commit to something, there's going to be fear that might want to stop you from reaching your commitment. Mm. There might be fun, you know, the guys call (laughs) you to go out for a beer or to go golfing or something and you had the commitment to do your work. It might be fatigue. Right. There might be opportunities, other opportunities. There might be obstructions. It's just be aware of what's getting in your way. And if it's not a valid reason, push through. Push through. So are you committed? And so we're going to encourage you to sit down and think about your commitments for 30 minutes. Like write a list. What are you currently committed to? And then assess whether it still works. Mm -hmm. We're honored to be your advocates. On this journey of building wealth through real estate and having a life exponential. 